0: Yo, yo, yo. What up, Hefez? Let's talk some sports today. Today, we visit with Think 450 President Payne Brown. You'll hear about the many amazing things his company does for the NBA's athletes. You'll hear his thoughts on the name, image, and likeness, Bill. And you'll get a little insight about his walk from Fort Wayne, Indiana, to New York City. It was a whole lot of fun recording this episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Let's go. and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hefe Sports Podcast. As I said, we got a great, great interview coming up with Think 450's president, Payne Brown. But before that interview, I had to sit down with my guy, Clyde Bennett, to talk some Lakers basketball. Clyde, Lakers, Lakers are about to win it all. They're winning it all.
1: They're, they're going to win it all. I think at this point, they'll probably sweep the Nuggets. The Nuggets' gut was taken, because I think they thought they had that game last night. AD, AD is top five. Top five, in my opinion. Top oh, yeah.
0: Five. But I mean, didn't I didn't like the way that um, Jokic, I didn't like the way that he was kind of backing him down sometimes. He was like, AD was looking like a seven-foot twig at some points. But if Jokic, like... If they end up doubling him and they like, they're going to leave some shooter open. That's the only thing I'm that's, worried about.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's an issue, but Jokic isn't going to be doing that the whole game. Also like this series is over, man. Yeah, it is. This series. Is- <laughs> I mean, the Lakers were up by like, they're up that whole game and literally LeBron had like a terrible second half. That's not going to happen like many more times. Now the Heat is going to be a good series. I'm looking forward to it. I think I think the Heat are going to come out the East. You do, um, yeah. And I love me some Jimmy Butler. I mean, bro, like I don't want my family here. Like I, he's he. I mean, for him saying like I don't need family to come, like it's a it's a it's a business. Like I'm ready to get this done. He's just so cool to me. Um, I think they'll get the dub. But you know, Lakers in five in the finals. You you heard it here first. Lakers in five. Lakers. 4-1 Lakers in the finals against the Heat. That is 4-1. a Clyde
0: Bennett guarantee. <laughs> but Clyde, thank you so much for joining me today, man.
1: Hey, thanks, man. Hefe Sports Podcast. Come on. I'm, I'm very excited. I appreciate you having me on. You have had, you've had a really good lineup. I mean, I just saw you're having the president of, um, what, the National Basketball Player Association? Yeah, what is it? Yeah,
0: so they have uh, they have their own entity the NBA PA has their own entity. And so it's called Think 450. And it's basically the innovative engine for the NBA. Payne, how are you doing today?
2: I'm good. I'm good, Jeffrey. I'm good.
0: That's great to hear. That's great. So let's talk about Think 450 a little bit. Okay. So you are the president of Think 450, the innovative engine for the NBA PA. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you explain what it is you guys do for the NBA athletes?
2: Sure. So roughly about three years ago, uh think 450 was formed and the 450 obviously represents the 450 NBA players. But it was created because during the last uh, collective bargaining agreement, the players, uh, rightly so in their wisdom, decided to take back the licensing rights from the NBA, so the rights to their name, image, and number. Mm -hmm. So they took those back, and when they took those back, they needed a legal entity to monetize them. So they created Think450. Let me uh, make it simple for you. Think about the game 2K. So for the game 2K to be created, they need two sets of rights. They need the rights to uniforms and league marks, and they need the rights to use the players' images. So what they do is come to us to license all 450 of the players' images, names, and numbers to be in that game. There are other companies as well that we license the images of the players to. We've also now... uh, are in the content business where we're shooting documentaries and so forth so the players can tell their stories. We're basically the for-profit arm of the player association of the union.
0: Oh, that's so cool. So we can see in the near future, Think 450 is gonna come out with a couple of documentaries? Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Yeah, we have three or four in production right now.
0: I love how you guys are bringing together the culture of the NBA, everything that surrounds it with the game. I think it's really interesting to see how you guys are incorporating that. And honestly, like, I think it's something we don't really see in other sports.
2: Well, I think NBA players are cultural icons and league culture, quite frankly. And I think you see that every day, be it music, be it fashion, uh, People care about what Russell Westbrook is wearing when he walks into the game. They care about what LeBron is wearing or Chris Paul or Carmelo. Uh, These are folks who, again, uh, lead culture. Be it, you know, Damian Lillard is a rapper and is, you know, leading in that way. So be it music, be it fashion be frankly food we have a number of guys who are into wine and who are foodies uh uh absolutely the nba leads in that in that respect
0: right right and so i've also checked out your guys website and another cool thing you guys do is one court los angeles can you speak a little bit about what that is
2: sure so one court was an opportunity for us to bring our partners together, our licensing partners, uh, together in an experience where they could highlight their brands, uh, both consumer facing and uh, to our players, to give them just one more asset that they could partner with us on. Um, And again, it's it's one of those things, we did it when the All-Star game was in Los Angeles, we may do it again you know, at other all-star games, but it's just a branding opportunity for our partners.
0: Yes. Yes. And that is like, that is one of the many other things that you guys do. You guys also do grassroots getting into the youth and really trying to help them prepare them for the league and different clinics and stuff like that.
2: Absolutely. One of the other areas that we're really proud of is our grassroots business. Uh, We put on camps, youth camps, uh, we brought back, which uh, those of you who are basketball fans might remember the five-star camp, uh, we brought that back in partnership with Slam Magazine. So we do five-star, we do top 100, where the top 100 uh, high school basketball players from around the country participate in a camp. So we are heavily involved in, in grassroots or you know, trying to make sure that we foster basketball with uh, those who eventually hope will either have dreams of being in the league or just good recreational fun for kids.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love how you guys are giving back to the community. Who's, whose idea was it to start doing this?
2: So that the grassroots business has always been a part of the union because we have a number of, of players who do their own camps. So it was just sort of a natural extension starting off with helping the players put on their camps and then leading into us doing, uh, doing camps as well. Some of the camps have been going on for a, a long time. Top 100 being one of them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And like one last thing, one other initiative that you guys started is the player's voice award. And that's really cool because mm-hmm. it gives them a chance to vote on the X factor, the league, they get to vote on who's the toughest to guard and, of course, the sneaker champ, because like we're saying, culture and fashion is all entwined in the NBA. So you guys do a great job with incorporating that as well. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, we came up with the Players Voice Awards because we wanted to give our players the opportunity to say who they thought was the best. So not leave to sports writers or the fans, but really uh, just amongst their peers. Uh you know, that type of a, an award, I think, spoke just speaks louder to some of the players, you know, and they think a lot of it just to be acknowledged by by other players.
0: Right, right. It's kind of like an added level of admiration when it comes Absolutely. from your fellow teammates and stuff. Yeah, Absolutely. I can definitely see that. Mm-hmm. So, Payne, I kind of want to switch gears right now. So, have sure. you been following college football's name, image, and likeness, Bill, that's going to drop in about – a couple months when uh, next summer hits?
2: I have actually. Mm -hmm.
0: What are your thoughts on that?
2: Uh, I think it's a complicated issue. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before college athletes have the opportunity to monetize their name, likeness, and image. Uh, I think it's going to be very complicated though to see how it's actually managed. Mm -hmm. Um, I think California has already, I believe, passed a state bill. Florida is looking at it. It's clear that there's going to have to be some sort of national legislation. You're not going to be able to have, you know, a, a kid going to California being able to make money, but if he goes to Ohio State, he can't. I mean, the competitive advantage for California teams would just be too great. So I think there is going to have to be some sort of federal, federal legislation that steps in to set some guidelines uh, and just to see how, how do you actually manage it? Mm
0: -hmm. Honestly, just from being a former student athlete, I'm kind of worried about protecting these guys because we see it in the NBA all the time where athletes get taken advantage of in contracts and endorsement deals and stuff like that. Like all we're doing in this case is decreasing the age a little bit and, the same people are going to come after these guys. And so I'm, I'm thinking like, go ahead.
2: No, I think that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is that they're being taken advantage of now.
0: Yeah, that's true.
2: Uh, So, you know, you have universities that are literally making hundreds of millions of dollars off of these guys. And these guys are not benefiting at all and you can say well they're getting a college education well the reality is some of these guys are not getting college education right and uh what happens if they don't make the league and in the nba there are 450 nba players how many college athletes are there that are trying to make the nba and who are revenue generating for those particular academic institutions so I, i think to your point Yes. Do you do you need to make sure that they're they are protected? Uh, yeah, but I think you also have to recognize that they're being taken advantage of now. Right. Right.
0: I agree. So, do you think an organization like Think Four Hundred and Fifty would benefit at the college level?
2: It's something that we're thinking about, quite frankly, uh, which is one of the reasons why I'm following it. Uh, we asked our lawyers to to obviously review some of the various state bills. Uh, we were actually at one point there was a uh, congressional hearing. I don't know if they actually had it or not, but we were going to testify at the hearing. So we're, we're trying to see what role we should, if any, play in it.
0: Right. And it's it's a big subject. Like Throughout my past, in my past episodes of my podcast, I've had on parents of athletes, I've had on student athletes, and it seems like the general consensus is that there needs to be some organization there to protect them. And right now, it's just, it's non-existent, but in the future, no. it needs to come.
2: No, absolutely, I, I, again, I think because they've been exploited so much so now, that uh, that you are seeing a movement to try to create some sort of, uh, framework to protect.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It needs to happen, but okay. Um, before I let you go, I want to transition one more time. So sure. You've had, you've had a long journey and you started in the fort
2: and did, indeed.
0: <laughs> can you mm-hmm. tell me about what your journey has been like?
2: Uh, I, 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 I generally describe my journey as as a random walk. And what I mean by that is I've been fortunate enough to have a number of opportunities uh, kind of show up, not because I had some great plan, but simply because I was prepared. And when things happened, I was available uh, to take advantage of them. And I wasn't afraid to do things that I hadn't done before. Um, and if you put all of those things together, you end up with a career like mine where I have, you know, I've been in private equity, I've, I've been involved in pro sports. So, you know, obviously I'm a lawyer. I've, I've, I've done a lot of, when I look back on it, things that didn't seem so interesting at the, not, special at the time but they're certainly interesting i'm now i'm down in the bubble uh and i mean this is history right you know uh and i'm fortunate to be a part of it how's your
0: bubble experience been so far
2: uh it's actually been really weird to be very (laughs) honest uh Because we go to games, I go to games, and these are playoff games. Like, tonight I'll go to the first playoff game between the Lakers and the Nuggets. And, you know, you you think Lakers, Nuggets, LeBron, you know, the Joker, it's supposed to be 20,000 people in the arena. There'll be 30 people on the sideline watching the game. Man, that is... And and so it's just this very weird experience, you know?
0: Can't imagine, uh, but what do you think about the encore play?
2: I think the play has been exceptional, and I think that the the viewer experience watching it on TV, I think is great. I mean, I mean you know, and I think the union and the league have to be given a lot of credit for figuring out how to get this done. Yeah, uh, you know, in the midst of this pandemic, and it still looks like we'll probably get it done.
0: Yeah, like. We haven't seen a negative, we haven't seen a a positive case in a while. And that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. But honestly, like when I'm, yeah, really, really. Mm -hmm. But when I'm looking at this play and I'm, I'm just sitting there like, wow, this is the most competitive I've seen these athletes in a long time.
2: And I think frankly, Jeffrey, I think a lot of it is they're not traveling. You know, they're not having to get on a plane, fly cross country, da, da, da. I mean, they're. You know the game's over. They get on a the bus. They're back in their hotel room in ten minutes. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that's that's uh, done a lot to to heighten the competitiveness.
0: Right. Right. I was thinking like I know this could probably never happen in a million years, just because fans bring in a lot of revenue. They've bring in a lot of outside factors that go into the play style, but just looking at what's going on in the bubble, I would honestly be okay. If we had every single playoffs in a bubble, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, that's not going to (laughs) happen. I know. Right. I know.
0: But just thinking about it, like I have Mm -hmm. never seen guys like this invested in it. Like, yeah. Like fans bring a lot, but then they also take a lot of advantages away. Like just having an equal playing field and seeing who is the best guy. Right. I love that basketball. I just, I love it. Right. So who you like? I am a LeBron James fan. I'm an Ohio boy, uh, so I got to be, got to rock with my king. <laughs> all right. All right. I know you, right. you probably can't say anything, but do you have a specific player team that you like watching, not particularly like your team?
2: Well, the team that I, that I was somewhat rooting for, only because I was involved with the Clippers uh, during the whole Donald Sterling thing and doc rivers is a friend of mine so i was you know i was kind of i wanted doc to get another championship but it's clearly hard to bet against lebron yeah you know but then i I look at the joker and how he's been playing and he's a problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) true it's true
2: he is a problem for sure
0: i'm trying to think like i like what i do is i try to put these new players in this new generation of basketball and i try to Think about a player who replicates their game in the old generations, but with with Joker, it's so hard because he's really he's a really big dude, but he's still nimble. He can he can move, he can pass, he can shoot. Like he can do pass, it all. He
2: can shoot. I mean, he's got sort of Kevin McHale tendencies, but you know he can pass much better. I mean, he. I mean, he's just this. I don't know that there's anybody that's been that has the skill set that he's had, you know, at the level that he has.
0: Yeah, I can't he's think of problem. anybody. Yeah, he's a big problem. But I don't know. Like, just knowing LeBron James, know what that What once he gets in that zero dark 23 mode, I think it's a wrap.
2: Well, no, it's hard to bet against LeBron. Yeah. You know, LeBron has somewhere found the fountain of youth. <laughs> so Shoot. it's hard to bet against him. That's for sure. True. That's true. Yeah. Well,
0: Mr. Brown, thank you so much for taking this call.
2: Thank you. I appreciate you uh, asking me to come on.
0: Before I go, I want to give a quick shout-out to my jefe of the week. This week's winner is Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. Ooh-wee. That boy ran all over my Bengals defense, putting up 124 yards on two touchdowns. Man. Dogs got to eat. Keep it up, Chubb. But that's going to do it for me. Thank you again to Clyde and Payne Brown for coming on the show. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a review. I'll be back same time next week. Jefe out.